This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. This winter, we are studying the first 19 chapters of Genesis. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible and just brings loads of knowledge to our discussion today. Mike, thank you for being here. So glad to be here, Amber. Thank you. Today we are looking at session 13, uh, where we will study Genesis chapter 19, verses 12 through 26. So we'll begin by looking at an outline of this passage, um, just taking a look at what's happening in these verses, and then we will dive into some questions. First, in Genesis 19, verses 12 through 17, uh, having blinded the men of Sodom, angels directed Lot to gather his relatives so they would be spared from the destruction. Lot's sons-in-law took his warning as a joke, and at daybreak, Lot hesitated to leave, so the angels took him and his family by the hand and led them out of the city. The angels directed Lot and his family to flee to the mountains without looking back. In verses 18 through 22, uh, we get more of this story. Because of fear, Lot pleaded with the angels to allow his family to flee to a small town called Zoar rather than into the mountains. And the angel agreed to the request and promised to wait until they got to Zoar before destroying Sodom. In verses 23 through 26, once Lot reached Zoar, burning sulfur fell from the sky and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Ignoring the angel's warnings, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So this may be a familiar story um, to your group members today as you begin to study to talk about this. The summary statement for the whole session is destruction comes to those who dishonor God. So it's an interesting passage. It's um, tells us a little bit more of what's happening in Abram's journey, Abraham's journey. Uh, We know Lot is his nephew. And so here, here we are in Genesis 19 with this interesting turn of events. Uh, Mike, let's ask some questions. The starting point in understanding this passage is this question. What does it teach us about God? And then also as a follow-up, how does this passage fit into the bigger story of the Bible? Yeah, that's that's the starting point for sure. And because Sodom has become synonymous with the sin associated with its name, mm-hmm. the temptation would be to make make the lesson only about that. And and that's there. I mean, hom- homosexuality is there in the passage, and it's something mm-hmm. we need to address. It's something we we will address. But that's that's not the jumping off point. Okay? That's that's not. I, and I don't think that's I don't think that's the starting yeah. point for us. It's not the only point in this passage. It's not the main point in this passage. This passage is first and foremost uh, about the the nature and character of God. Mm-hmm. It, it presents mm-hmm. God as being both holy and compassionate, and that becomes the basis of any conversation about how we might evaluate all human behavior, not mm-hmm. just the behavior in you see in this passage. So the nature and the character of God is where we need to begin. Mm 
and we asked the question we asked that question in in the lesson uh it's it's there it's, it's, the question is why did the angels grab the hands of lot and his family and what does this tell you about god i mean mm -hmm. that's i know that that question is is in the lesson i know it's in the personal study guide and the answer is because god is a compassionate god he has compassion on those who trust him even when we are at times hesitant to do so uh, and on the flip side, destruction comes to those who choose to reject him and, and to dishonor God. So there you, mm -hmm. you see something about the nature and the character of God. He's both he's both a holy God, but he's also a compassionate and, and loving God. And both of those things come together in, in this in this chapter. Yeah. And I, and I think big picture wise um, in you know, starting in, in chapter 15 is where or in chapter 15, you see God making his covenant with Abram, Abraham. You know, it goes from chapter 15 through, you know, mid midway through chapter 18 is just story related to God's making, entering into this covenant with Abraham. But that uh, covenant story is framed on both ends, front and back, by these two stories about Lot and Sodom. So go back to chapter 14, there's the story of how Abraham and Lot separate and Lot settles in Sodom in chapter 13. Um, uh, well, chap yeah, chapter 14. He, he, set, he set, settles in Lot, uh, Sodom, and Abraham, Abraham rescues, has to rescue him from the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. So all that happens before, you know, the, the, the story about the, the covenant. And then after the, the covenant story, uh, you find this one uh, in chapters 18 and 19 about the destruction of Sodom. So in between these two stories related to Sodom and Lot, you see God establishing his covenant with Abraham. So there's a clear contrast here in these, in these chapters in this section of Genesis. And the, the contrast is in the Lot and Abraham stories. And it says that blessings come to those who live, uh, who by faith live in light of God's promises and consequences come to those who choose not to honor God. And so there's a clear contrast here uh, between those who live in the light of his promises, live by faith, and those who do not. It's really good to, to get our focus on what does this teach us about the, God's character, because that is where, from that is what, that's our starting point. And from there we can go, what is really happening in this story and why? And it's not uh, judgment out of anger. It's, it's, okay. It's just an emphasis on God's holiness. And when we understand mm -hmm. that, it's a little easier to understand the passage. It's easy to make comparisons between our society today and Sodom. Are there any mm -hmm. lessons we can learn from this account about how we can live in a culture that rejects biblical teachings about sexuality? Yeah, it is It is easy to make comparisons uh, between our, our time, our day, and Sodom. And we're not the first to make those comparisons because biblical writers did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Later biblical writers did the very same thing. They used Sodom and Gomorrah as examples yes. of evil. Like, uh, you know, Isaiah did it. Isaiah 3, 9. Isaiah says, like Sodom, they flaunt their sin and don't conceal it. You know, Jeremiah did the same thing. So, you know, you got prophets who comparing the sin of, of Israel in their days to, to that of Sodom. Even Jesus used Sodom as an example uh, to rebuke those who didn't believe in him. He says it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Hmm. And he's 
and, and what Jesus was saying there is that there, there's an even greater sin than the wickedness of Sodom, and that's refusing to believe in him. Yeah. Um, and then other writers did, you know, other writers made comparisons to Peter, Second uh, Peter 2, 6, uh, talks about how God made the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah an example of what's coming yeah. to the ungodly. Uh, Jude 7, Sodom and Gomorrah serve as, as an example. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the comparisons are made even in Scripture, and it would be hard for us uh, not to see comparisons between our our society and, and Sodom. Um, and it's, it's, it'd be hard for us to talk about Sodom today without also talking about homosexuality, which is what you see mm-hmm. uh, going on there in our, in our passage for this lesson. You've got the men of Sodom. Um, coming to Lot uh, and saying, where are the men who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lot um, despicably, I think, says, look, I've got two daughters. I'll bring them out to you and you can do whatever you want with them. But they were not interested in the women. Mm-hmm. They were not interested in them. Clearly, the story is about men who are wanting to have sex with men. I mean, yeah. that's so that's there. That's that's the story. That's the passage. So how do we approach this in our in our lessons in our classes? Well, I think we've got to affirm what Scripture affirms mm-hmm. in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The on, that the only right framework for sexual expression and understanding sexuality is within the covenant of the marriage relationship mm-hmm. between a man and a woman. And anything else is outside the bounds of God's original plan and purpose for humanity. And that's, that is, you know, that's what the scripture affirms. And this has been the consensus of the Christian church for 2000 years. Um, you know, so going back, you know, to scripture, you know, Paul writing to Timothy included in 1 Timothy 1.10, uh, he included the sexually immoral and males who have sex with males in the list of sins that are contrary to the sound teaching that conforms to the gospel. So what, what the Bible calls contrary to sound teaching that conforms to the gospel, the church cannot rightly condone or consider acceptable simply because society now accepts it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll quote, uh, I quoted, I think last time I was on here, I quoted Vance Havner that kind of tells you who I've been reading lately. <laughs> but Vance Havner said once, um, we, we can stand on the word or stand with the world, but you can't do both. So, so let's, let's affirm, you know, let's, let's affirm that, that God sets the standard of what's right and what's wrong. And it's not culturally determined. Right and wrong is not culturally determined. So how we handle this, how we approach this is both with truth and grace, truth and grace. Yeah. While we have to, while we've got to affirm what the Bible affirms, uh, this, the biblical position is that same sex sexual behavior, it was not God's intent for humanity. Yeah. But we also hold out the hope of the gospel because there's, there's not only in the gospel, there's not only forgiveness offered to all kinds of sexual sinners homosexual and heterosexual okay let me, let me say it again all mm-hmm. kinds of sexual sinners need forgiveness yeah. homosexual and heterosexual not only that but 
but in, with the in the gospel, we we don't have to be enslaved by our desires, mm-hmm. whether homosexual or heterosexual. We don't have to live as slaves to those desires. Um, there's one more thing here, and it's a part of the story uh, that the lesson passage doesn't um, specifically cover. But it's when Abraham prayed for Sodom in chapter 18, mm-hmm. the last, you know, the last half of chapter 18, where Abraham is is praying, interceding for Sodom, and he's he's saying, you know, to God, well, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Mm-hmm. God says, okay, if there's 50 people, I'll spare it. And he goes, you know, down to, okay, what if there's, what if there's 10? Suppose there's just 10. And God says, if there's 10, I'll spare it. And what, what does that say to us other than um, godly people can make a difference in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. righteous people have always been and will always be in a minority. Mm-hmm. Followers of Christ have always been at odds with the world. Why do we now try to accommodate the world's views? Why do we feel like we have to accommodate the world's views now? For 2,000 years, we've been at odds. Um, but what, what um, Abraham shows us in his prayer on behalf of Sodom is that we, we can have an impact for righteousness in mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm but it has to start from a position of humility, which is yes. where what you see in Abraham. It, it starts from a position of humility on our knees before God. And if we're going to have any, make any difference in the world, that's where we have to start. I like that. That's so inspiring. Okay. Why did Lot hesitate to leave Sodom and what causes us to hesitate when God tells us to move? Yeah, I think when I was on here two or three weeks ago, I, I talked about Lot's poor decision-making. And you see it uh, not once, but several times. And he makes bad decisions, and there's consequences for him and for his family. So the first bad choice was when Abraham gave him you know, the, the choice of land. He chose what appeared to be the better land with no apparent consideration of the consequences. And then in Sodom... Uh, mentioned earlier, he offered the men of Sodom his daughters and said, do with them as you like. So we shouldn't be, you know, in light of that, just to touch on that for a minute, in light of that, we shouldn't be surprised that those same daughters later acted immorally mm-hmm. by getting him drunk and having incestuous relationships with him in chapter 19. I mean, I don't, I mean, I we shouldn't really be surprised. I guess. Um, and then then you see Lot hesitating when the angels told him to get out of the city. And he argues with them, so he, he hesitates. And when he hesitates, um, it says the Lord had compassion, because of the Lord's compassion, that the men who, who were angels literally grabbed Lot's hand, mm-hmm. his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and brought him out of the city and left him outside the city. I mean, like literally dragged them out of the city. Yeah. I mean, so Lot comes across here as looking really childlike. Mm-hmm. He, he has to be taken by the hand and pulled out of the city. If, I don't know if you're a parent, if you ever had to, you know, drag your kid out of the store screaming or something, you know, you kind of understand that. It's almost like a picture of him being very childlike in this. Um, and and the, the text doesn't really, it doesn't even explain to us why he hesitated. Not specifically. It doesn't say why. I think part of it might have been fear. Yeah, because I think fear is the reason that Lot 
later gave for wanting to go to that little town, you know, Zoar, instead of to the mountains, Zoar was closer. And, and he actually said, I can't run to the mountains. Disaster will overtake me and I'll die. So he's like, that's, that sounds like fear. He says, I can't make it to the mountains. Let me go somewhere closer. So, you know, what, what causes us to hesitate when, when God tells us to do something? I, I think it, I think maybe it's that, it's fear sometimes. Um, maybe it's just doubt, uh, lack of faith. Maybe it's just nothing more than sinful stubbornness and pride because we want to do things our way. Well, and that's, I, I thought, well, there's all kinds of things that cause us to hesitate. And it, it, it could be more than one thing. It could be any of the things that you just mentioned, but... It is, gosh, it just sometimes just feels a natural, we have a natural bent to go, wait, 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 here's what I think, here's what I would like. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah, we, we, we deal with all of that. Uh, okay. Final, final question. Why did Lot ask for refuge in Zoar instead of going to the mountains? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is closer. It was yeah. easier to reach, not only the closer in, in distance, but maybe just even the terrain itself. You think about going to the mountains, yeah. uh, you think of a different kind of terrain as as opposed to going to into a town. Um, so even he actually said, I can't make it to the mountains. I can't make it there. I'm going to die. Uh, and then he says, look, this town's close enough. Let me, let me flee to it. So one is just the, the proximity and easier to reach. And, and, and then another part of, of that may have been that Zohar was uh, evidently just an insignificant little place. Uh, I mean, he says uh, in verse 20, it's a small place. Let me run to it. It's only a small place, isn't it? So, you know, twice he says it's something about it's being just it's just a small yeah. place. Um, so maybe his reasoning was something like, well, the angels could spare this little insignificant mm-hmm. town from judgment because it is so small, it's so insignificant that, you know, maybe they could spare it from their judgment and still at the same time accomplish their larger objective. Yeah, there could have been so any of those reasons of, of behind his request. Uh, so that's helpful. That's helpful to understand. Each week on the podcast, we try to highlight uh, something that would be of value to you as a group leader. As you, be, as you prepare to lead your Bible study this week. Today, I want to bring some attention to pack item number six. If you get a pack item, if you get a leader pack, it's available as both a physical leader pack where you receive posters and handouts that you can display on a wall or handouts that you can make copies of. It's also available digitally, so you can get these things as PDFs uh, and in a, a digital file, so you can do however... However, it would be easiest to use that for your group. Both of those options are available. This week, pack item six could be especially helpful. It is a poster on the life of Abraham, uh, and it gives uh, through through the chapters of Genesis kind of some highlights of what happens in his life. And so you can see in on that poster, it includes... Uh, where Lot was rescued from Sodom, but you can kind of see in context all that has happened up to this point and then the significant things, the bigger events that are going to happen even after this point. So it gives a bit of a timeline and a, a, an overview to understand how all of these events fit fit together as one big story. So that's helpful. Pack item number six, if you have a leader pack, that could be really a helpful tool this week. 
From time to time on the podcast, we mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family, things like the Leader Pack that I just spoke about, uh, the Adult Commentary, and Quick Source are just a few. Uh, and you can find out more about all of the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. That's goexplorethebible.com. Mike, thank you for being here and for talking about this. could be a little bit of a challenging passage for some, and I feel like you helped break it down really well. Um, thanks. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yep. Next week, we will jump into our new quarter of study where we will continue on in Genesis and we will begin studying chapters 20 through 50. Uh, we would love for you to join us.